the Sonic Light Podcast. This is Past Master Moyer calling with my review of episode 90 entitled Brother Doug Dutchy Maidenford Groundhog. My gut hurts from laughing. What what this this episode was just hilarious. I best episode ever. You guys were having a lot of fun. I don't really have anything to pick on, but I'll come up with something. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to start with the with the end. Uh, I enjoyed Brother Walter Cronkite's news, Michelle Snyder's uh, eye symbols, and uh, the Lodge business brief by Jim Stevens, where he said uh, lodges need to identify our customers. That uh, that's really thought provoking. That's we really need to concentrate on that. If we can figure it out, maybe we'll be successful. Uh, getting to the, uh, the best part of the program, this Doug was hilarious. I, but I, I enjoyed his story about uh, when he became a Master Mason at Kutztown Lodge, and then he visited Lodge in Lock Haven and almost got kicked out. Uh, I hear a lot of stories of brothers that go visit, and they kind of have that cold reception, but usually it works out. And, uh, oh, you know, Maris, you hardly spoke in this episode, so keep up the good work. Keep quiet. I loved it. And finally, Pete, when you're asking stupid questions about Punxsutawney Phil, make sure you have the right answers. Punxsutawney Phil no longer comes to Moyer's mobile home the last time he was here. He crapped all over the place. Anyway, I... I hope you get this guy back on the episode again. He was absolutely hilarious. And if you do are able to get him, uh, let me know because I want to sit in on that session. Talk to you soon. Bye. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Good evening, everybody, or good day, everybody. Welcome. Episode 92. 92? 92. Ooh, wow. 92. That's when I uh, graduated college. Should have been 91, but there was an incident. <laughs> so, uh, welcome. It's not shocking, by the way. Yeah. Who's surprised? Yeah. Lots of people go to college for six years. <laughs> They're called doctors. Yeah. yeah. So, welcome, everybody. Um, Tonight's show, we're going to be talking about new Masons, right? Yeah, the new guy. The, the new, new guy. The new guy. The new guy in Lodge. That, um, so for the new guys that are here tonight, um, what we do on the show is, um, I don't know how we, we stay on the air, but the um, we start off, we go around. I know how we stay on the air. We are supported by some great Patreons. See, look at you bringing it all home. Um, yes, you too can be a, patr- a patron of Masonic Light Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash Masonic Light, and uh, you can throw us a dollar a month. 
one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. Or you can throw us five or thirteen. But it only takes one. Just one. That's it. So um, we'll start on my left with Josh. Josh, what have you been up to uh, since our last podcast? Uh, I went to the 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 new Rainbow Girls uh, group installation event uh, at Ashara Casifia in Mount Joy. Assuming you were there as worshipful master, right? I was. Okay, I was just there, checking, sure. representing Lamberton Lodge number four hundred and seventy six. So tell us about that. Tell us about that because I've never sat in on any of their uh, their stuff. Uh, it was really cool. They did uh, a little installation ceremony. There was some some music and some singing, uh, and they actually did really good ritual. They actually consecrated a new chapter, right? Yeah, or a new whatever they're called. Right. Uh, so a group, I guess, somewhere else in the state uh, was kind of going out of commission, and they agreed to like relinquish their charter and move it over to uh, this new group that we have here. Nice. Um, and that was cool. And then I also had uh, School of Instruction. And I think that's it. I didn't go to Grotto. Sorry. Yeah, I'll get to that. I'm the only person in the room that went to Grotto. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Um, Tim. So uh, on the 15th, I was at a secretary's training that I was conducting up in Lee Heighton. It's the first time I'd ever been there. So hello to the brethren that uh, were there. And um <coughs> We did a. a they don't have internet there, so they're they not actually listening. do now. They just got it. It's a new uh, tin can. It is. They strapped some tin cans together with some wire, and uh, they now get internet. They actually had internet in the lodge, which not all lodges do that yet. And I was impressed. They had internet in the lodge. Some of them even have the printing press. Yes. <laughs> On the 16th, I uh, actually Jack and I were both at the uh, Cigar Lodge uh, over in uh, Hamburg. Uh, <laughs> so you noticed the cough. Um, it was a great turnout. Um, in fact, so many people showed up that we couldn't all fit in the room. It had to be like 40 guys, something like that? I think there were 37 30, was the yeah, official like count. That. Yeah, it's more than most lodge meetings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, just, I just want to mention, I saw the Grand Smoke at the uh, Rainbow Girls event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's. He, it, it, I'm always amazed at the things Ed Stum shows up at and is involved. He was at Tall Cedars the other night. Yeah. Well, he was there with Grand Lodge. I am pleased to say that on the 17th, I met with our Lodge Audit Committee, and while that may not seem significant to many of you, uh, for uh, Eureka West Shore Lodge 302, uh, it was a momentous occasion because we were able to finish the audit that evening. It's the earliest we've ever had our audit completed. Uh, And yesterday it was approved by the district deputy, and so now it has been forwarded on to the Grand Lodge. And so believe me, as a secretary, I was thrilled um, at that. Um, Let's see. Um, Obviously, uh, attended a couple of lodge practices. We had a Masonic funeral. Um, One thing not Masonic that I'm going to just... uh, Mentioned briefly, my daughter was on a national championship cheerleading squad. She uh, participated in a competition down in Ocean City, Maryland, this past weekend, and her team won the national championship. That's well, raw for her. Yeah, that's cool. That is awesome. Gentlemen, new guys, you're allowed to talk. 
<laughs> so um, uh, actually, you know, tell us your name and uh, how long you've how long you've been a Mason, your lodge, and have you done anything Masonically lately? Uh, yeah, Jim McElhenney, um Lodge is three hundred two with Tim. Was raised in June of last year, so it was raised and then we went dark. <laughs> um, it's a great way to do it. Isn't right, got involved with uh, immediately kind of jumped in. Well, uh, went to a uh, a picnic with our new worshipful master, and he said, uh, "Need some help." Had no clue what I was uh, volunteering for, so I am junior master of ceremonies. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, since then. Uh, started guiding, um, guided a fellow craft, going to be guiding my first entered apprentice uh, next week. Um, went to a couple of school of instructions and, uh, you know, just kind of getting my feet wet. Oh, he's in. He's, do you have a tux? Do you have a tuxedo I, yet? Yeah. I, okay. I, had, yeah, whole, I knew that. Full thing. Bought it online. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> Very cool. Penn Stater. Yeah, well, sort of. Um, I'm Brian Hickson. Um, I'm also at Lodge 302. Uh, I was raised in November and also just kind of dive right in. Um, I went to the practice like a week ago. Yeah, last week. Um, That's it for Masonic stuff at the moment of recent. Um, All right. Yeah. And for our, our beard, our, our well, I guess you're lots of bearded guys here tonight, but the, the most bearded person tonight. Good evening. Uh, my name is Stephen Graver, Effort Lodge 665. Uh, going on two years, I got my first degree at the Indian Echo Cavern. That's hosted by the Effort Lodge. Really cool experience. Uh, if anyone has a chance to get out there and see that this year we're hosting, it'd be pretty cool. Do we know when that is this year, Jack? Uh, September again. In um, September. I, Jack's working on the date. Um, so from there, I, I get, went to a lot of the uh, in-house uh, training and guide work, uh, well, instruction nights, uh, learning my oath and obligation. I am now Persevent, which was kind of pushed into, but kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> my name kind of appeared up on the board from uh, passing of saying something to somebody, and kind of neat. Uh, I actually enjoy it. I feel sometimes you need to be pushed into something to get more involved, and I'm actually very grateful that they did. Very cool. Jacqueline Harley. So the the date for that uh, cave degree this year at Indian Echo Caverns is September the 19th. It's a Saturday. Um, There are uh, tickets. I think there might even be an Eventbrite posted. So if you go on to Eventbrite and look for 2020 cave degree or some variation thereof, uh, you should be able to find it. So for me, Masonically speaking, Um, the reason I was not at Grotto, thank you very much, was because I was trying to stay married. I had to pick my wife up at the airport, so... Um, So, uh, yeah, it is a theme. I had um, uh, York Wright. We had a chapter meeting, and we conferred the Mark Master Mason degree. Always a a cool degree. And um, let's see, what else... Um, Mr. Grotto, uh, Masonic Education. I teach the the incoming candidates the stuff they need to know. Um, and uh, we had Tall Cedars on Tuesday, which was a, a whole lot of fun. So that's my Masonic last two weeks. Larry Maris, I didn't see you at Tall Cedars or Grotto. Well, no, I was going to come to the meeting because I can't eat fish because as an old guy, I get gout. So I was going to come to the meeting and uh, actually fell asleep in the Lazy Boy. 
so I didn't make it. So, that's the real reason. Really, I have been kind of remiss on everything lately, so that's that's been my biggie. Sorry. That was it? That was it. You're going to get him to the sleep apnea clinic. Ghost and gridiron for the past few weeks, but that, there again, that's... So I had... Uh, I had tall seaters last night, and I'm the uh, now the scribe. So my job was to count, was to kind of guess what our attendance was going to be, which is always fun when you have to plan. So you have to plan a week ahead how many bodies are going to show up. So how much you can you have to order seafood kind of ahead. So I just I estimated thirty people because like seventeen people RSVP'd yes. So just using this voodoo secretarial math that I've developed. One of the secrets of Freemasonry. <laughs> and we had exactly 30 people show up Whoa, to nice. eat. It was kind of crazy. So, uh, And we have cedar sap at this event, meaning uh, that's what we call beer because we have to be corny and stupid because we're Masons in Pennsylvania and we can't just say beer. Um, but it was good. A good time was had by all. Um, Ed... Who is worshipful man? Or I guess Grand Tall Mighty Cedar. Oak or whatever. He is. Grand Tall Cedar this year. He did like this was a social event, so he called it like Fun and Games Night or something. It was very bizarre. Um, it looked like a a team building exercise from the nineteen nineties, yes. with guys running around with strings and balloons tied to their feet. It was it was it was embarrassing. So hang on, there there were twenty. I, there were 25% of the people that were totally into it. 50% of the people were kind of like just goofing around with it. And 25% of the people were like off on the side going, oh, geez, what is it? Come on. Right, but <laughs> as secretary, I made sure we didn't pull the winner of the 50-50 raffle till this was done so people couldn't <laughs> escape. But at the end, they tied it all back to muscular dystrophy. And it was great. And the Supreme Tall Cedar of the Tall Cedars of Lebanon of North America was in attendance, William Martz. So it was a good evening. And uh, what else did I do? Uh, we put on at Goodwin Council the Select Master Mason degree. Uh, Josh Palmer uh, did that degree, and he did an amazing job. Um, so if you're in, the, in council, we'd love to see you act in this next year. So I'm, I'm actively uh, recruiting people for next year. So that's about it. Uh, Josh, we already hit you, so we're done. So let's take, we're going to take <laughs> Thanks a... Thanks for being uh, with us tonight. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk to our guests with what's it like to be the new guy? Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com.
And we're back. Uh, The subject of the new guy came up when I was doing some mentoring and my my friend Steve here, my my relatively new brother, uh, said to me, uh, I I don't really care about columns and and geometry and whatever. I want to know who does what in the lodge. And it turned out that I skipped over like the the what do they call it? The deportment in the lodge, uh, who's, you know, who these officers are and what the assignments are and all that stuff. Because in true Masonic fashion, it is assumed that everybody always already knows everything that everybody already knows. (laughs) So the whole topic of new guy came up and I thought back to when I was a new guy and, and, you know, I felt the same way and now I'm doing it. Was that in 1912? <laughs> <laughs> right, because like you're into you're into the esoteric stuff and and the symbolism, but that's not everybody's thing. That's not everybody's bag, right? And I and I don't need to like bore them with it when it's good. so. So, Steve, is that a fair assessment? Of- yeah, it's pretty accurate. I can uh, know all about the columns in my sleep and which one <laughs> is where and why and how tall they are. But it was just a little <clears throat> shortcoming of me being a little overwhelmed going to lodge and not exactly knowing what this uh, senior deacon warden does or the perseverance. Um, and I know that you learn more and more that you go to the meetings, but sometimes you get a little bit more feel maybe embarrassed that you don't know exactly who's doing what and why. What, what freaked me out is that in, you know, in stated meeting, there's a worshipful master, but then completely different worshipful master giving degrees and i'm like well what the hell is going on here? you know what's going on here I, you know why did he take his hat off what's where is he going there and he's leaving right and who, who does and, they and, told me you're not allowed to walk up the south right, what? exactly that's that's hallowed ground you can't walk there so it just that's i freaked out about that i was like my gosh all these people are moving around and I thought this guy was worshipful master. That's it. A lot of times I hear when people get their uh, master uh, degree, uh, I hear it's been a great journey. And I sit there and wonder and think, well, did they get it and they're so overwhelmed that they might not come back to the lodge? My journey just started after I got my my master and I'm going to move forward to it. So I hope those people would speak up and say, hey, I, I don't feel that I know what I'm doing or it's a little overwhelmed for me and not just say, hey, I got it. Uh, my dad's going to be proud and then not come back. That never happens, does it? <laughs> Larry, were you ever a new Mason? 46 years ago, this month, March. Do you remember anything to back when you were new? Well, we did things a lot differently in South Carolina than we did up here. Okay. You Elaborate. Wanna... What was required of, well, of the new guy back then? Of, of the new guy, we had to go to uh, a month or two of preparation and then go into an open lodge and be quizzed by the officers of the lodge or the membership sitting in the sidelines. And we had to be thoroughly invested with what we learned in that first degree or that second degree. And we had to know it pretty darn well, almost to the point of memorization, or you wouldn't get raised to the next level. How long did it take you to do that? When you It were... took me three months. It took some of the people that were in my first degree about six. In other words, twice as long. Just because you have that razor-sharp memory? No, 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 because one of the guys wrote something down on paper and he shouldn't have, and they got... Oh, no! They gave him the paper, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, I didn't do it, so I moved I guess on. this was before you were falling asleep in Lazy Boys? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, learned by osmosis. So, so you guys, well, Brian, you just came in in November. And right. So was, was there a memory component to your coming in? Oh, yeah. There was. Um, at, at the each degree, then you find out. You find out like two weeks later. Oh, you got to come back in and take the quiz. They they give you what the questions are, but you got to know what the answers. Um, it was <clears throat> it's really great as far as like the journey part of it and forcing you to learn all the education and all the passwords and all the other stories that goes with everything. Um, it's a lot of work. And I'm grateful for going through all of it, but golly, that was a lot. Um, I came in with. A- a friend of mine, and he's not the brightest, I guess. Or, um, is, is he listening to the show right now? I don't even know if he knows how to get online. <laughs> well, but he can't. Uh, his memorization was really hard. I, I mean, I hear it. I'm picking up. I, it's memorized. So um, learning learning the obligation only took a little while for me. and So I was finding that I was helping him memorize his obligation, and it was it's just kind of been really neat because I'll go to a I'll go to a, a a practice and be taught the dialogue and by the next time we go to the practice I pretty much have it down. Well, you're um, weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when I came when I came <laughs> when I came back to do uh, or you know when they uh, quizzed us or whatever how, you know, after the uh, entered apprentice, um, the worshipful master asked me to give my oath and obligation. I was going through it. And he basically stopped me. He said, yeah, yeah, you got it. And I said, listen here. I said, I, I, I took a month to learn this. I said, you're going to sit here and listen to it. And you're going to listen to it from front to back. I said, you're not going to stop me through it. Because it, you know, it, it's, it's an accomplishment when you come in. We had a, a candidate, one of the first ones since we had to really teach the entire oath and obligation. And he killed himself. He, was, he just destroyed it working this thing. And Kenny. And, and he got it all done. And he showed up in time for his second degree and he he uh he went into the preparing room and he said okay now when do when am i going to recite this obligation <laughs> and the guide said well you're you're not we right. just needed to know you had it and, and he was so bummed <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, was, he was all stoked he was right. ready for it so i guess i say um for the three of you uh we'll start over here um on my right um why did you what were you looking for why did you want to join the Masons? Um, <clears throat> I wanted to be part of a brotherhood uh, where we can help out our community and ourselves. And uh, living in Ephrata, I'm new to Ephrata, and I thought it would be a great way to make friends with a bond other than sit at a bar all night and having a bond with people having drinks. Not saying that we don't. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> Not saying that some brothers don't go out, but it's just a different organization, and I like some of the values that they've had, and from what I heard, and figured that maybe be a good shot for me. Did you fa- so? Do you think you found what you were looking for? I do, and and again, it's it's you get what you put what I put into it. I the more I get out of it, um, and I'm learning that. And the more that I show up and go to meetings, or um, when someone is getting entered and, and see what they go through, I'm learning more, or sitting there and having more questions, and it's making a little bit more sense at times too. Now, don't feel peer pressure because we're going to keep going around. Like when I ask you what, what you're, what you were looking for, it doesn't have to be the same thing. So, what were you looking for? Yeah, um, 
I you can get know. a little closer to the microphone yeah. there. Um, I've always wanted to join the Masons, um, especially since I was a little kid. My grandfather was a Mason. My dad's also a Mason. Um, recently, he joined. But growing up as a kid, like I really look up to my grandfather, and he was in the Shriners. He was a tall cedar. Um, I remember like going to the pancake breakfasts, um, the goofy hats, having a little goofy hat for myself as a little kid. Yeah, like I don't know why, but I have one. Um, but yeah, he worked on the railroad, and when he went into the Masons, it created a lot of friendship um, for himself. And I just moved up here a few months ago, or like uh, back in the spring, and. It's a great way to like instantly drop into a place and start creating friends really quickly because you're already in like-minded um, people, already great people, and go from there. I thought you guys had a lot of uh, too many teeth to be actually be from Ephrata. So, or, or, so uh, did, did you? He's from, uh, he's from Mechanicsburg. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow, there you go. Did your grandfather talk to you at all about uh, uh, the railroaders and how how tightly they're connected to Freemasonry because the, the the Freemasons and, and the railroad are almost overlap at some point. Oh, not that I can remember. You know, it's, yeah, it's a, yeah to, to get anywhere in the railroad industry, you pretty much had to be a Mason for a very long time. All right. So, you, Jim? I, I had enough friends. I didn't need more. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> now, the reason I, I joined, um, it, w- it was more of an interest on always looking from the outside in and saying, boy, I wonder what goes on in there. Um, and I finally said, well, hell, I'm going to join to see what happens on the inside. Um, and then kind of my great-grandfather was a Mason, but really didn't know him that well. Um, actually took my oath and obligation on his Masonic Bible. It was pretty cool. Oh. But um, it was, you know, I knew that he was a Mason. I had no clue what it was about. My father wasn't a Mason. My grandfather wasn't a Mason. But um, it just, uh, you know, I had friends that – you know, we would talk and, you know, one of my friends would always say, hey, you're a good guy. We can make you better. And I'm like, what you, you know, what are you talking about? Um, so my first line signer, I actually ran into at Rotary, um, saw his ring and said, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about that. Come to find out that my second line signer, my first line signer used to work together. We all worked together at one point in time. I had no clue. So it was just, it just, uh, you know, it was that, it was that interest on just coming in, um, uh, and seeing what's going on behind those doors. Didn't you tell me earlier you just wanted to be a Mason and got a speed and parking tickets? No. <laughs> <laughs> but quite frankly, I didn't. You know, there's a there's a guy in the neighborhood. I had no clue. He's he's a he's a cop. Um, I had no clue he was a Mason until his son came knocking on the door and was asking for us to buy peanut brittle, demolay. And my wife said, "Well, what's that all about?" And he goes, "Well, it's part, you know, of the Masons." And my wife goes, "Well, I think my husband's thinking about that." And well, my dad is, and it was just, it was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." So yeah, once you actually open the door just a crack, that it all of a sudden there's right. a lot of and then a you lot start people spill through. Right. Yeah. Then you're like, I had no clue he was a Mason. I actually had somebody got his third degree here in the lodge, and he said to me when it was all done, he said, "Well, now I'll never get another speeding ticket." Said, said it to my face, said it out loud. And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, when, when that trooper pulls you over and she walks up to your window, how's that going to work? <laughs> I haven't seen him since. So, um, now Jack, you're, you're a legacy as well. You, you're, your dad was a Mason? My dad was a Mason, a Shriner, a Tall Cedar. Uh, he actually chartered a lodge out in Cincinnati way back in the 50s. 
Um, I have an uncle, actually, uh, who I have his Templar sword in my living room, which is kind of cool. Um, but his, my father's father was not. Uh, they were uh, brethren um, to the core, and he would Brethren not in have, Christ, not like brethren in the Masonic sense. Correct, the other brethren, yeah. Uh, but, but I knew when I was thinking about it that if, if I knew my father's faith and I knew that if there was anything in any way contrary to his faith that he would not have anything to do with it. So that kind of blew that whole myth away for me. So, Larry, do you re- remember why you uh, wanted to join? To get out of the rain or something like? Pete, that was forty-seven years ago. I have no recollection. He heard there was pancakes. <laughs> were, you, were, were you trying to get ahead in the shirt business? I mean, what? Uh, no, actually, I befriended Worshipful Master of the Lodge, and we got to talking, and I had a lot of family who were Freemasons, Shriners, so forth. And uh, it was kind of something that I was always interested in. I said to him one day, I said, I'd love to join the lodge. And he got the petition, and the rest is history. Josh, what, uh, what, was, your, what was your impetus? Is that a good word? That was yeah. it. Yeah. You said it right. Um, my, well, my, my grandfather was a Mason. He, uh, he was in Scottish Rite as well and the Shrine. Uh, so I was kind of around that when I was a kid. Um, and I just always had a, an interest in, in Freemasonry. And I knew at some point I was going to join. And I just joined. I always wanted to join. So. Tim, I'm curious about this, um, this question uh, and answer thing. Do you have some sort of clandestine uh, catechism thing going on in Mechanicsburg? Or no. What, what's that about? We just have an instruction sheet that we provide our lodge instructors, and we provide it to our candidates and say, here's what you need to learn uh, before you meet with uh, uh, the person that's going to uh, measure your proficiency. Um, and give you the okie dokie to move forward. Is that the one that comes out of the packet from Grand Lodge? It's basically what comes through the yeah. packet of okay. Grand Lodge. Um, we, have, we have a history at Eureka Lodge, Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302. Of We tend to go a little bit beyond what the requirements are, uh, either of the Grand Lodge. Uh, our district also will, from time to time, have things that uh, – will go beyond that, especially for officer progression. Um, and so uh, we've just found that it's very helpful. You know, here's what you're going to need to know. Um, and then when you're meeting with your instructor, a lot of it is reflecting back on the degree that you just got. Um, and it's, there's a lot of, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, because when you're going through those degrees, especially the first one, mm. it's all firehose. Firehose, yeah. So... Um, We've just found that to be an effective way. So for people listening from outside of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, most of you have a, a, a catechism to learn or, or some memory work to do. For the last 20-plus years, that had been eliminated in Pennsylvania, and basically all you had to do is you, kn- you needed to know how to shake hands. and Had to have a working knowledge, whatever that It wasn't means. even that. Well, no, that's, what the, that's, that's what, what the phrase was. That's what it was. said. But it, that working was knowledge of the oath and obligation. Yeah. And even then, let me just say, it's only in the last few years um, that we had kind of gotten away with it. When I came in to the lodge, I had to recite the obligation verbatim. When I came into the lodge, I got it in a one-day class, and I had nothing between the degrees. I walked into the lodge the first time, and 
that was it. I was done. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll never, because it was new, right? And I wanted to, I'm, I'm here to meet people. So I walked up to the guy on the sidelines, the old crotchety old guy. And I stuck my hand down. I said, hi, I'm Jack. I'm, I'm one of the new guys. And he grabbed my hand real tight and he said, what is this? And I looked at him and I said, a grip. And he said, all right then. <laughs> I want to I want to answer the question that you were going around the horn with a minute ago um, and talk a little bit about my background and how I came into Freemasonry. My dad was a Mason, uh, however, and I shared this with the guys on the way down here. My parents were divorced when I was in third grade, and so I didn't get to spend a lot of time with my dad except during summers and during holidays. But I have very clear memories of. When my parents were together, my dad going to lodge meetings. Um, either he would go pick up a friend or the friend would come and pick him up. They would go. We would go to a lot of the social events. I remember the picnics. I remember the pancake breakfasts. I remember all of that. Um, I also remember distinctly three or four times growing up, uh, even into my 20s, of times that I would talk to my dad and ask him about things about Freemasonry. And it, but it wasn't until my cousin, who is like a brother to me, he now is a brother, um, mm -hmm. had just gotten his first degree. He and I had talked about Freemasonry. He had an uncle that was a Mason. Uh, and so we had talked about it and he had shared with me that he had petitioned a lodge and um, he said, I'll, you know, when, when I can, I'll let you know what I can let you know. All right. So he got his first degree and he called me that night and he said, you got to get in this. He goes, this is right up your alley. Uh, he goes, you know, I don't know what else is to come with this, but this is you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, well, how do I, how do I, find somebody to go ask up here. And he's like, go to a hospital and look for an old man wearing a Masonic hat. Uh, <laughs> he goes, they all have petitions in their back pocket. And so I actually uh, went beyond that and- um, Went to a nursing home? It was the, uh, yeah, it was actually, uh, I did a web search. It was in the early days of the internet and uh, did a web search and found lodges that had internet sites. Um, and I, I literally live right between, halfway between York and the Harrisburg Mechanicsburg Lodges. So it's the same distance either direction to go. And because at the time Eureka 302, 302 had a really good website and something more than just meetings on the calendar. They had things that I had no idea what they meant. It was just more than something that said meeting. And I thought this looks like an active lodge. And so I sent an email to the webmaster who turns out to be John Anthony. Um, and I got to know him. He introduced me to a couple of brethren. They got to know me. Uh, and after a few times, they're like, okay, we know you well enough. They handed me a petition and the rest is history. The number 302 didn't bother you? Not it's at It's like all. an involuntary mental health commitment in oh, Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> well. I'm not going to ask how you know that. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> So we're going, to take a, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes and continue our conversation. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. 
Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back. We didn't really go anywhere, but we're back anyway. Uh, we had a really good interview while you were not listening, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try and, and re recreate as much of that as we can. But the, so the the next part of this, uh, as we go to wrap this up, was um, you know the the reason that this came out was there were there were, there's there's an assumption in everything Masonic that everybody already knows what everybody else already knows, right? You've been in it for 15 years and you know everything there is to know. So of course, the guy that just got raised in November knows everything that you already know. And like he doesn't know when like certain dinners are, are or like, oh, if for the past 30 years you've been having this banquet in November, Guess what? He doesn't know that. Right. So, and I wore a suit to the picnic. Why did I wear a suit to a picnic? I don't know. Because it was Masonic. I, I you know, nobody well, told me different. Right. right. Nobody, yeah. nobody told me because the assumptions that are made. So, what, what if anything did you guys come up against, or have you experienced so far, Brian? I know you're, you're, you're wee young in Freemasonry yet, but it, there is there anything that you've experienced that was kind of like what was that like? Grand Lodge, maybe. Um, oh yeah. Well, like, well, like first of all, like you were saying with the suit, like I still like they say suit and tie or jacket and tie. So I show up to the practice in a yeah. uh, jacket and tie, and everyone's like, uh, "By the way, you didn't have to wear a jacket." Same, same exact, exact <laughs> thing. Exact okay. Thing. Because you you you're going to lodge. You don't know. Yeah. And how many people told you you can always take a tie off? Right. Yep. Right. But in the meantime, like you're the you're the joke of the night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I know, right? <laughs> yep. Oh well. Um, but being raised in in November, uh, my first meeting I saw uh, was Grand Lodge quarterly in December. I, I went down. I sat beside you, Tim, and it was very interesting to see how all of that takes place, and that the grand wait the worshipful grandmaster has his own music. And I was like, wow, this is very eye-opening. Mm -hmm. um, then you see the miniature version. Yeah, yeah, from there the on forward, yeah. <laughs> Steve, anything? Go ahead, I'll get there. Yeah, it, like I said, you just don't know what you don't know, but mm -hmm. a, a lot of the stuff is, you know, you walk in. I walked in with my uh, coat and tails one time, and I had some buttons or pins on, and one of the past masters came up and said, "Hey, if you're in your, you know, coat and tie, uh, your your tails, you don't wear those pins." And I'm like, "Oh, well, no one told me." He said, "Well, you would have never known if I didn't tell you." And I'm like, "Well, okay, it's kind of that type of thing. It's like I had no clue." So then I tried to take them off. He's like, "Well, you have them on. Leave them on." I'm like, "Well, I'm not supposed to." I'm like, "You just told me to take them off." So I'm like, Gee, you, "You either tell me to take them on or take them off." So I, you know, it's just weird, right? And, just and so yeah, one of the other things that some of these. Um, 
and it's maybe it's not even a generational thing. I hate to always like slam on like the the millennials and being like a little more tender and things like that. But like like <laughs> when you correct somebody for doing something, try to do it in a constructive way. <laughs> like there's a lot of guys if you like what are you doing with those pins on? Like you're, you <laughs> you might not make them feel very welcome. And there, I mean I've I've seen a lot of guys not come back to lodge because of little trivial things to us. Mm-hmm. But if you're that new guy and you don't know any better, well, it sounds like there's somebody very important like and going into a state going into a state of meeting, where can I sit? Even in the meeting. I mean because you have the past masters that sit together and they, you know, do not sit in my seat or my location. <laughs> it's just yeah, you know, it's like okay, as oh, a new guy, dear. is there a place where I'm supposed to go sit? That well, sounds like the Valley of Harrisburg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was really, it was like, you know, am I allowed to sit here or not? Or, you know, no one tells you that. So, Well, also, if you, what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And that was my answer during the Spanish Inquisition at my house when they come over. And they're like, do you have any questions for us? I'm like, well, I don't know. Should I? <laughs> How much blood are you going to take from me? <laughs> I didn't I even know I was about that. To just have answers, not questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know when I was in the, when I was a gay proposing to join and i knew these three weirdos were going to come to my house i'm like okay i put a pot of coffee on i mean i think i was 28 and like i didn't even drink a lot of coffee other than the morning but i tried you know i put coffee on i had some like entman's cake like out like right i'm a bachelor i didn't have anything like uh, i told my wife and she was was like what am i supposed to do i was like i have no clue (laughs) yeah like i offered everybody like uh you guys want some cake coffee oh no no we're good I did the same thing. I did uh, meat and cheese and got some bourbon and some fancy glasses I couldn't afford. And I said, hey, does anybody want a snack? No. How about a drink? No. Uh, Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do and have, like, a good time and ask me some questions? No. Okay. Clearly, I was not on that committee. Yeah, we probably would have accepted the bourbon. Well, I was – very new in the lodge, and they asked me to make a presentation. And I there's a there's an area of the lodge floor that no one is supposed to walk on. Nobody told me. So when I when I'm speaking, I, I move like I'm I'm like a ninja just moving around. And uh, I every time I walked in a certain direction, I I could feel the whole crowd pucker, and they were all going. <gasps> And and then the, I turn. The floor and walk is the lava. Way, the floor right? is lava. And, and 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 I do it again. And same thing. Just and it was done. So it was all done. And I I thanked the worshipful master and I sat down. And, and these guys came over to me after the meeting. And they were like, "Oh man, you almost did it." And I'm like, "Did what? What are you talking about? You don't walk over there. <laughs> you don't go there. That never walked there." And I'm like, ah, "What?" <laughs> But nobody told me, right? So you right. don't know what you don't know. And, right. and yeah, and it was fun to make fun of the guy that doesn't know. So it's always that, you know, a little bit of that. All right. I heard about the goat uh, jokes, though. And, like, all the other hazing that the Masons will, like, make, like, the Marines look like nothing. I was really, really grateful that at Eureka West Shore number 302, that that didn't happen. <laughs> Jeff Moyer, did you hear that? Pay attention. Jeff Moyer. Um, Say that again. I, I was re- I was really, really I grateful one, that, that it wasn't like a complete haze. I, for one, was very disappointed. Yeah, Really? I, I was in a local fraternity, and I got the, the 
I got treated like crap for five weeks and I loved it. Oh. I absolutely loved it. And I I got into the Masons because of one of my fraternity brothers. And we kind of like, he was ahead of me there, but then we went through all the stuff. We went through Scottish Rite together. We went through York Rite together. Even when we got done, like Order of the Temple and all these other things, I'm like, all right, when's the weird stuff going to happen? It's like, <laughs> like, I kept thinking the weird stuff was going to be later. That's oh. four dues cards and $300 in the future. Yeah, yeah, the weird stuff. So anyway, if anybody wants to invite me to something that there's weird stuff, please do. I have some, I have some yard well, work that needs to be done. I can sit there and haze you. 46 years ago, <laughs> we had goats. We had goats, really, seriously. And the way we did things back then, you know, like just for example, Chief Bill Harvey, I know you listen to the show. You've been through this in your lodge in Savannah. When you came home from a third degree, you were lucky if you could walk through the door. Seriously. We did some unusual things for initiations and for advancing on the degree work. And it was definitely different than Pennsylvania. That might need be for another podcast. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. We, we just got a call from Angelina Jolie and PETA. <laughs> we got them on hold. <laughs> I don't really want to know what happened to that goat. Seriously, when you're in the, in the lobby waiting with all the guys... And one of the members of the lodge brings the goat in on a leash. You know, you've oh, that's got awesome. Problems. Well, that's you awesome. You know, you've got problems. <laughs> oh, well, I think we're going to put this topic to bed, Larry. Thank you for uh, killing the segment. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, feel free to chime in. We're going to just keep driving this thing off the rails. <laughs> uh, so I, I do want to. I, I do want to announce a new thing that. We're going to put up on the Facebook page and probably also the website. But some of you have seen some of the artwork that Pete puts up. You, you've seen Abner Hockenfuss and his pet goat Skidmark. Uh, if you if you jump over to the Gap Lighthouse Facebook page, you can see a lot of craziness happening there. So what I did, I went out and I got an embroidery hoop and some T-shirts from uh, the local uh, Walmart. And Pete has been sitting here doodling during this whole show. So we're going to take some pictures of this shirt and put it up on the Facebook page. It is for sale for $35. Whoa. For a donation of $35, you can have a Evil Pete original. How did you come up with 35 I just pulled it right out of my my culo. So there it is. Should it be 33 Um you think? No, no, it should not be 33 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sucking on that pipe, no. <laughs> It's 35. Thank you very much. So, uh, and uh, we'll include other random things from the studio, like just whatever's laying around. We have some yellow stickies that are loose. There's a rubber band. There's a Scrapple sticker. So, uh, $35 gets you that shirt. There is only one, but there will be one perhaps after the next episode. So, it is an XL. T-shirt. It is a it Masonic is, small. It is a, a Masonic small <laughs> or uh, normal people XL. And uh, if you'd like it, please uh, message us on the Facebook page, and we will make that yours. Very cool, um, Tim. So one of the things that uh, we we want to do is acknowledge uh, one of our sponsors which is uh, the uh, Scottish Rite, Northern Scottish Masonic Rite, Jurisdiction. Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. 
Um, and in the most recent uh, magazine, the February 2020 issue, uh, there's an article called Six Ways to Live Our Values Daily. And it's written by the Sovereign Grand Commander, David A. Glatley. Um, and the, the six points they make that I think are just fantastic, uh, and you can learn more by reading it in the this magazine. This could be a whole future show. It could be a, a future show. Uh, it, it talks about the core values. It says, core values are not descriptions of what men do. They describe how to be. Core values are not strategies or maneuvers to achieve selfish goals. They're not the tools by which to get an advantage in business, relationships, or life. They should guide men in making decisions, uh, predominate in personal relationships, reveal humanity, and show what it stands for. And those six core values are reverence for God, integrity, justice, toleration, devotion to country, and service to humanity. Um, and I, I just found that to be a very powerful short uh, article, but one that I would encourage all of you who are members of Scottish Rite to read in the Northern Light uh, in the February 2020 issue. Very cool. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And during the break, you're going to hear um, the first installment of a new chapter, a new segment with Dutchy Doug. It's time for the Lodge Business Brief with Brother Jim Stevens. Well, again, Masonic Light Podcast listeners, this is Jim Stevens with another Lodge Business Brief. After the core purpose is decided, the goals established, and the measurables created, the processes are documented, and the customers identified, the next step is to incorporate some lean thinking. We need to look at everything through the customer's lens. If it does not add value to the identified customer, it should be questioned as to why it's being done. Every organization has things that it does that brings no value and only wastes time and money. Our lodges are no exception. We have things that are being done for many reasons, which add nothing to our customer's experience. The elimination of these wasters frees up everyone to focus on the primary duties. It's hard enough to get volunteers, and even harder when they are volunteering to do something that does not have any value. There will be a few things that you may identify as potential wasters but cannot be eliminated. They are the cost of doing business, and they are essential to the operation. For example, minutes. Many core purposes will not require minutes, but the Grand Lodges and many governments may require them. So instead of eliminating them, simplify them. Change what is being recorded. Change how they are being read or distributed. And change how they are stored to reduce the burden on the secretary and the organization. Another aspect of lean thinking that may help your Lodge's operation is to seek perfection. The recommendations I make in these briefs, in my book, and the things you may discover along the way are not static. They are a wheel that moves ever onward. When you get done with one implementation, it is time to review and make sure it's working, to see if any tweaks need to be done, and identify any weaknesses, and start over. You may have heard the idea of Six Sigma for manufacturing. It is related to lean, but in this case, you are striving to only have 3.4 defects per million operations. Our fraternity will never get there, and we shouldn't strive for that level of perfection. Yet the process of improvement will only make us better. It is, after all, the less perfect ashlar. Whether the rough ashlar is you or your lodge, they both need work. Additional ideas on how to become more efficient may be found in my book, 
Lodge Business, the theoretical application for entrepreneurial business practices to Blue Lodge, available on Amazon. This is Jim Stevens with your Lodge Business Brief. Why hello Masonic Light listeners, this is Dutchy Duck Maidenfort coming to you with a new feature. My brother Larry Maris asked me if I would be willing to provide all of you with updates from time to time about the going on of my lodge. I agreed. Not sure what I was thinking, but here we go. Allow me to set the stage for this series with a brief overview of our lodge. Our lodge, the Broken Plot, number 377, is located just outside of Nysteckersville, Berks County, Pennsylvania. Now most of you have never heard of Nysteckersville, and that's okay. To find us, you have to drive about 15 miles down a dirt road, and then right up to the base of the Blue Mountains, you know, where the earth starts to go up. (laughs) Anyway, we're located in an old converted milking parlor. Brother Hiram Hinnerschitz, past master, graciously donated his old barn back in the 1840s for us rural Pennsylvania Dutch Masons to gather and do, well, you know, Masonic stuff. Now, we're a moon lodge, meaning that we meet on the full moon. We have to. We don't have any electricity in our lodge room, and those gas lights only make so bright. Our current worshipful master's brother, Amos Appleschnitz, Now Amos is a good brother who always leads by example, just like his prize draft ox Molly. Our senior warden, Jacob Eckstey, is also a good egg, which makes sense since he's a chicken farmer. And our junior warden is brother John Freimauer, which is ironic since Freimauer is the Pennsylvania Dutch word for Freemason. Now just what are the chances, huh? And I'm brother Dutchy Duck Maidenford, secretary. I've been in this seat for way too long, but no one wants me to move since as many of the brothers say, I can talk pretty. Now they say this because my accent isn't as thick as some of the other brothers. Well that's your introduction to our lodge. I'll be sending in updates from time to time to the podcast. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. And welcome back, everybody. You just heard from uh, our new Dutchy Doug. Uh, Dutchy Doug's going to be coming to us from, uh, where is that? Somewhere in Burke County. Somewhere in Burke County. Hook and Plow Lodge. Hook and Plow Lodge. Number 377. So if you guys have any questions for Dutchy Doug, send them into the show, and we'll uh, make sure we pass them on. At, you know, I have to send a pigeon or something, but he'll get it. We may have to uh, do a uh, road trip and go visit his lodge sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, this is probably a two-horse journey. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not from Lancaster County, yeah. the Amish usually have one horse. Yeah. If it's a really long trip, they'll have two. And, it's, and if they're hauling our fat butts around, they, yeah, might, really. need, they might need yeah. a team for that. Yeah. Conestoga wagon. Yeah. The Budweiser Clydesdales. <laughs> oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. Thanks for contributing so nothing. Jack, how about some news? Or is that not in the right order? I forget. I'm sorry, Brother Walter. (laughs) In Masonic News today, the Masonic community 
was thrown into great confusion when Worshipful Master Herman Benderson of Sophia Lodge number 369 announced that he would be changing his name to Hermione following gender reassignment surgery. Unsure how to proceed, the District Deputy Grand Master was quoted as saying, It, it, uh, I, I was, uh, they'd have, ah, oh, geez, this isn't in the handbook. <laughs> Several members of the Lodge expressed interest in having a worshipful mistress. That's the Masonic news. So mote it was. Oh, oh, no. Okay. So I mean, when I when I heard what that ta- what that was going to be, yeah. <laughs> I was torn between: uh, is it too much, or? But it begs a great question. We can't answer this today. But at some point, that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't already come up in somebody else's jurisdiction. By coming up, you mean ha- happened? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it, you know. Indeed. Tim, what do we have coming up in the near future? We have on the 21st of March, the Academy of Masonic Knowledge in Elizabethtown. Uh, you can register for that on the Academy's website uh, and either attend in person or join uh, online, which a lot of folks are doing these days. I would encourage you uh, to look uh, look that up and, and participate as you oh, can. Oh, I'm going to jump in on the same week, okay. uh, March 26th. If anybody is in the area and you are a Shriner, I'm going to be going to McCungee, Pennsylvania, and uh, that's for the uh, for the hillbilly degree. So if anybody's a Shriner and wants to become a hillbilly, and you've got a few extra dollars in your pocket that you want to go to Shriners Hospitals. Um, reach out, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll get you on the uh, I'll get you on the docket, and you can become a hillbilly. Other than that, uh, I just have a stated meeting our March stated meeting on uh, March second, which is also the District Three Oyster Feed. Uh, if you like oysters, uh, Mechanicsburg Lodge is going to be the spot for you on March second. Um, you can look on our website for information about how to make a reservation for that, uh, and would invite all the brethren out there to come join us awesome go around the horn here uh anybody have anything they want to cover or anything they want to uh you have coming up masonically no you guys haven't been given job well you've been given a job you're an officer now right um i'm a first event well that counts and a steward but can you spell it yeah can you spell it (laughs) it there you go Excellent. And these guys are in degree work already. They're going to be part of a degree team uh, coming up uh, on March 4th and 5th. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be guiding um, on, what day is that, the 5th? Um, a fellow craft. And then on the 6th, I'll be guiding for the first time and an apprentice. Do you know all these important things about uh, there are no, uh, what, no right ears in uh, Freemasonry? Or? See, that's more missing stuff. No. Why didn't we talk about that? <laughs> oh, no thumbs. That's no thumbs. Yeah. They only have left ears. Come I see on, everybody, all that But stuff. I see everybody with a thumb. I, just, I don't understand it. Uh, right at the light unless it's left. <laughs> um, I think in, uh, sometime in uh, March will be my final meeting as Thrice Illustrious Master of Goodwin Council. I cannot wait. Unfortunately for me, though, the most puissant Grandmaster. Easy now. 
The most puissant grandmaster uh, will be in at my lodge to. Uh, if I guess this is my last meeting, he can't. If I do a bad job, it's not is like he, he can dock get your rid pay of me. Or? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Larry. Yeah. You want to take us out of here? Sure. Unless I'm missing something. You don't know what I'm going to do for the next week or two? Or me. <laughs> hey, Jack, what do you have coming up? What? Why do you ask? <laughs> Jack, because you have stuff going on. Um, I'm actually going to be on March the 5th. I'm going to be at St. John's Lodge at their table lodge. Steve Shimp has asked me to speak. Um, so I'll be presenting there. Speak. And, uh, and uh, Sunday him. the 8th is Daylight Savings. So set your clocks forward. And whatever that means. I don't know. It's got to be Masonic somehow. Um, that's pretty much it. Josh, Larry, anything? Other than Goose and Gridiron every Thursday. And uh, we have a lodge meeting next Tuesday, which I will be at. Oh, good. Yes. Take my spot? Sure. I know the word. Yeah, that's why. That's why. <laughs> Thunderbird. All right, Larry, take Thunderbird. us out of here. Thunderbird? No way. <laughs> Special thanks to Africa Lodge 665 for making this broadcast studio possible. Uh, also, our thanks to Josh Lamberton, producer and director of our show, who continues, and I say continues, to make the show really good, because we sure mess it up. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, Tim Dedman, our marketing director, and our Masonic Light podcast contributors, Michelle Snyder, Jim Stevens, and Doug Maddenford. Also, I want to close tonight, too. Here we go. Another one. And this is from Brother Peter Taylor, Albert Lodge 448 in Scotland. Story he sent to me. A ragged tramp stopped by, was, was actually stopped by a mason on his way home from the lodge. And he asked him for money, for food. I'll do better than that, said the mason. Come into the pub and I'll buy you a drink. Thank you, said the beggar, but I never drink and I never will. Okay, well then, let me buy you some cigarettes then, said the mason. No thanks, said the tramp. I've never smoked and I never will. Okay, said the mason, come back to the lodge with me and I'll see that you get a meal. No thanks, said the man. I've never entered a Masonic lodge and I never will. Right then, said the mason. Will you please come home with me and meet my wife? Why, asked the tramp. Well, said the mason, I just want her to see what happens to a guy who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, and hasn't joined the masons. <laughs> this is Larry, and thanks for listening. Wow, that was funny. Just too long, Larry. <laughs> uh, Pete Ruggieri. This is Josh. This is Tim. This is Jim. This is Brian. Steve. Jack. And John Boy. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>